We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Today, and we 
frame of the father's son in agony as he watched his only son be sacrificed and he gave it all for me hallelujah you are to say
Ciao!
by him. Amen. Well, we're so glad to have you here. If you would like to just go around and greet some of your family of faith this morning and kids, you can go ahead and head downstairs to Children's Church. Well, good morning. We're so glad to have you. We're going to continue our worship with tithe and offering now. So if you have something and you want to prepare it, if you need an envelope, you can raise your hand and one of our ushers will get you one. Something I was reminded about this morning is if you have kids or if you were a kid, you know, at one point you asked your dad for a puppy or you asked for a horse or some animal and have anyone ever like, well, let's start with a hamster and see how you do with that first. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know, as a mom, you're gonna be the one taking out that puppy. You're gonna be the one cleaning up all the messes. So you start little and then if they do well, you'll trust them with a little more responsibility. And so I just want you to take that into consideration with your money and your finances. We, have, we serve a God who has the cattle on a thousand hills, and he can entrust us with whatever he wants to entrust us with. But first, we need to be faithful with the little that we have, and then he will make us ruler over much. So as you tithe our 10% that he is the one who gave us in the first place, just keep that in mind. Let's just be faithful to him, because he is so faithful to us. He is so good to us. He has given us so much, and he wants to give us more, but we have to be faithful with that 10%. So I'm going to have Nate come down here and just pray over tithe real quick, and then you can bring it on down. Father, we're just so thankful for your grace, God. We thank you that you are provider, God. We thank you that we can put our faith in you, Lord, and we and we just we're so thankful, God, that that our faith can carry the gospel to all the world. Father, I, I just pray that you'll keep that in all of our in all of our hearts and all of our souls, Father. Every time we have faith to give, Father, not only to the church, but faith to give 
anything to you, Father, and for you, God, that we're carrying on the gospel to all the world. And, Father, we're spreading your love. So, Lord, I just pray that you will just take this, take, take these offerings that we give you, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would just do what only you can do, Father God. And we, and we give it all to you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can bring it on down. Okay, so we have just a couple of quick announcements real quick. Next Sunday is our church picnic right after church at the Miller's. We had our Christmas party there. It was a lot of fun. Bring a side dish or a dessert. They're providing chicken. Women's Coffee and Crafts is July 16th at 10 a.m. There's a sign-up sheet in the back. And remember, it's not crafts and coffee. It is coffee and crafts. And then the summer youth camp, I think we're almost out of time to sign up. So if you wanted to get your kids signed up. And it's so nice that we have a church like Bakken's where we can you know, collab with them, and we can send our kids there, and we know they're safe and protected, and there's people that we trust, and I'm so grateful for that as a smaller church, to be able to do some of that bigger church stuff um, is such a blessing, but that is July 21st through the 23rd, um, and we have a guest speaker today, so give me a warm welcome for Nicole from Bakken's. We're so happy to have Pastor Nicole with us today. Good morning, good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. Uh, I was telling some of the ladies earlier, it's such a beautiful drive. I'm a little envious of Pastor Kylan. He gets to drive over here every Sunday. The sun was shining. All I get is a nice interstate drive. He gets the back roads in the country, and it's beautiful out here, I just have to say. Um, how many of you are happy that your pastor's out getting a little bit of vacation? Amen. It's good for them to get out and come back refreshed for you and I. Amen. I like that. Um, I'm excited to be with you today, this Independence Day, and I know that it's um, important that we are independent in America. I know that. I know what Independence Day is, but it reminds me that it's different than the freedoms that man have purchased for us in America, right? And I'm so grateful that, and that's because Jesus, so much greater, has purchased our freedom at Calvary. But I was thinking about Independence Day on my way over here, and it's not like Memorial Day or Veterans Day, but it's a day that we separated from something that was and we became independent. But when I look at that according to Christ and the scriptures, I don't want to be independent. I don't want an Independence Day in the church, amen? I want to be completely dependent upon who he is and what he is for our lives, amen? Because Lord knows I mess it up. Lord knows I'm weak, but I got a promise. For when I am weak, he is strong, right? And if I'll humble myself underneath his mighty hand, it's then that he will be with me. But oftentimes that independence, we're, we're taught independence is great, but not without Jesus, right? Amen. Let's pray before we get started today, okay? Father, I just come before you, and Lord, I just give you this service. Father, I give you myself, my senses. Father, I turn them over to you. Father, I ask, Lord, come and wreck this message. Whatever I've prepared, whatever I've planned, Father, your will be done in this service. Father, for I believe I was with you, Holy Spirit, when we wrote it. But Lord, if I might have not listened, if I might have not heard, then Father, change it up, Father, and let the church, Father, be blessed by what they hear today. But, Father, not just blessed, changed, changed from today forward. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen and amen. All right, today I want to talk to you about hearing God's voice. Now, I know some of you think, well, I've been a Christian a long time and I hear him, but I want to talk to you about different ways. God speaks to us through dreams, visions. He speaks to us through the word. Today, you're going to hear what the word of the Lord is saying to you, right? You can hear what the word of the Lord is saying in your morning devotion time or right before you lay your head down at night. Whenever it is that you do it, the word of God is alive and it's constantly speaking to us if we will hear. But he also uses people, people to speak to us. Sometimes you'll have something in your heart you've been praying about, you've been searching the scripture for, and you just don't have peace. And then all of a sudden somebody will come up to church and say, you know what? I was thinking about you this week and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, that confirmed that in my heart. How many of you have had that happen before? Yes, God uses people. But he also has the Holy Spirit that abides within us. And it's that still small voice. It's that little unction like some people start to sweat when they know God's told them something. They get a little nervous like, oh, I don't want, oh, you know. Or some people get moved like they get pushed. They feel this unction that if I don't do something, I need to do what he's telling me to do because I feel it inside of me, right? And then there's others that just literally hear it and they know. God can use all of your five senses, amen? All right, so some of you might feel him, some don't. Some do, some hear him, some see the visions. Some will have visions and go, oh, I know what I'm supposed to do. The point is that I'm getting to today is that God speaks to each of us differently. Each of us differently. And if we think that God's not speaking to us, trust me, he is. He is. In more ways than one, he's speaking to you, whether you notice it or not. Some of us only want to hear him the way we want to hear him. We want to hear him. But sometimes you see things and God's redirecting your life and you're like, oh, yeah, that was just a coincidence. No, nope, that wasn't a coincidence. That was God speaking to you. But let me say this. If you never give God credit for what is actually happening in your life, you'll never know it's him speaking. You'll always think, it's just life's working out for me. I'm just lucky. No, you're not lucky. God's speaking to you and you're listening. John 10, 27 says, you and I were created to know his voice. It says, my sheep know his voice. Now, if I have any new believers here this morning, I don't want to leave you out and assume you know something that you don't. But oftentimes in scripture, Jesus, or God, is referred to as the great and mighty shepherd. He leads us. He guides us. He corrects us. He keeps us in this little line so that we don't fall down the slippery slope of sin, so that we don't get caught up in life's trials on the left-hand side. He kind of keeps us the way we need to go, and we are the sheep. We are the sheep. You, you want to learn some funny stuff? Go find out about what sheep do, because I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes they are not the wisest animal walking around. Just be honest with you. Do you know that a sheep grows its wool, and if it gets so wet, it will fall over in the rain because its wool gets so heavy. It will fall over. Do you know unless someone picks that sheep up and puts it back on its legs, it will die there? It will die. 
Literally, go YouTube it. It is hilarious to watch these sheep. That, this is why you and I, as sheep, when you see another sheep hurt, when you see another sheep wounded, stop, pick them up, put them back on their feet and say, you got it, go on. Because they'll lay there and die. Starve in the heat. I'm telling you, just see it. Next time you see somebody hurting emotionally, you're going to walk by You'll know. Listen, God spoke to men and women for all of mankind, all of history. And trust me, even if you haven't heard his voice in a long time, he is speaking. He spoke yesterday, he's speaking today, and he's going to keep speaking tomorrow. He hasn't stopped. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And you can count on him speaking to you. All right, so we got that laid out. Let's go to 1 Samuel, the third chapter. This is where my script's going to come from today. And let me give you a little background. So Hannah was a woman in the Bible who could not conceive children. So one day she was at the temple or the church back then, and she was praying and she was asking God to let her conceive. And if he would, she would dedicate that child to the church. Yeah, you heard me. Well, Eli heard this happen, and he was the priest of the tabernacle. He was like Pastor Kylan. And he said, so be it unto you today. Whatever you ask, God's going to give it to you. So she goes home. She gets pregnant. She comes back. About four years later, she just brings this kid to the church. Here, he's yours. What? Yep, he's yours. He's now a temple kid. He's now a church kid. You ever seen those church kids that run around here all the time? They lived in the church. This was Samuel. Samuel lived in the church. He would prepare the showbread, the communion for Sunday. He maybe worked on the media team. He was the one who got everything ready before you come. You know how these chairs have to be so perfect? Because Pastor Kylan, he wants them just so. Have you ever noticed he straightens up chairs? Uh-huh. It's good. It's an administrative gift. I love it. And he, can you see that? You know, I've been around Kylan enough to know how it works. I love him. I love him. We all have idiosyncrasies and mannerisms that we love, but it would be dropping him off, and that's what he did. It was very important in the temple to have that. But one day, here's the story. It said, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. So let's just stop right there, because I feel like we have to lay some things out so that we know what we're talking about. The Old Testament, there were dreams and visions, and there were prophets and priests that heard from God. Regular people like you and I couldn't. We, God didn't speak to us. He only spoke to the people in the temple, and that was prophets. Then they would go do and tell you what the word of the Lord said. And in that day, the Ten Commandments were put in this big box. This big box. And I, I picture it as this big golden box that... But in there was the law, these commandments written on stones. And they felt that because that's where Moses visited them with what was on the law, they put them in the ark and they put God's presence in a box. And in this box, woo, God would talk. And then they would hear and they would do. Fast forward. Now the New Testament is a better covenant. We no longer have to go to a priest, Pastor Kylan, give a sacrifice, let them wash up, clean up, wash our sins away, and talk to God. 
We don't have to do that anymore. Now, Jesus was our ultimate sacrifice on the cross, right? On the cross. And now he was the final sacrifice for you and I. No longer do we have to go to the temple, give a sacrifice, wash up, and then the presence of the Lord comes. We got to all come in here this morning because the presence of the Lord is now inside of you and I. It's talking, it's moving, it's listening. But back in these days, it was rare for dreams and visions. How many of you dreamt last night? All right. Did any of you think that dream might be from the Lord? All right. Okay, so guess what? When we dream, when we have a vision, God expects us now, he says he gives the interpretation to you and I. Not your friend, not your mother, not your sister, but you and I. So when we have a dream, it is our responsibility to go in prayer. Holy Spirit, was that from you? And if it was, then give me the interpretation that you're trying to tell me. Were you warning me of things that were to come? Did you give this to me so that I'll pray for my brother or my sister and what's happening in their lives? Now hear me out. Not all dreams are from Jesus. Not all dreams are from the Holy Spirit. Some dreams are from pizza and pepperoni and cheese. Now I'm going to be honest with you. Seriously. So we can get convoluted if we don't know the voice of God. But trust me, in you, in you is the ability that the Holy Spirit will help lead and guide you, and you will know whether it was pizza or it was the Holy Spirit, okay? But you got to trust him to tell you, okay? So here's what it is. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not gone out, and Samuel was lying down on the, in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here am I. And then he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? He's like, mm. Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not know, yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Don't get this confused. This does not mean that Samuel did not know of God or had dedicated his life to God. It meant he did not know how God spoke to man yet. He had never been in the place for God to speak to him. He was just a church boy. He wasn't the prophet. He wasn't the priest. He was just the church mouse doing all of Eli's work, helping him out, keeping the lamp lit all night because it had to stay lit all night long for the presence of the Lord. Then when the sun came up, that was the light. We let it go. You see? So it was different. So it didn't mean that he did not love God and did not know of God. It meant he didn't know how he spoke. So it said, a third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. I am sure about this time, Samuel's getting pretty frustrated. Listen to me, someone is speaking. Are you sure, Eli? Like, go lay down. And so Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. 
So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. And at the time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore I swore to the house of Eli that the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by a sacrifice or an offering. In other words, the priest allowed his family to be in sinful acts within the church and within the church's people, right? And so God said to Eli, because of that, you will never inherit what I've asked for you, and I'm going to replace you, pretty much. Off with your head, because you wouldn't repent for what I asked you to. Samuel laid down the next morning, and he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, came and unlocked them, just like somebody did today. Thank you very much. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, did you just hear that? He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but he heard him speak. God speaks through visions. He also can audibly speak and you can hear him just like this. I don't know that Samuel knew the difference of what he was seeing, hearing. He just had this experience with God. That's often us. Multiple times we might have a dream, but then hear the Lord tell us what that dream was. That's the interpretation through the Holy Spirit. Trust it. You're not crazy. It's biblical. That's what he's doing. He's leading you and helping you. He said, what was it that God said to you? Eli asked, do not hide it from me. May God deal with you. Be it ever so severely if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. And the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. I tell you all of this. Everyone in this room knows that Samuel heard the voice of God, but Eli, the more mature Christian, the more mature man who had spent time with God, knew it was his voice. Sometimes when we pray, when we worship, we're always speaking. We're always singing. ever heard the mom do that? The kids are just talking to hear their heads rattle. That's what my grandmother used to say. Lord, Nikki, you talk just to hear your head rattle. That meant I was saying nothing of any value. I was just talking because I'm a verbal processor. And she noticed it. Sometimes we need to stop verbal processing with God. Stop trying to get him to say what you want. Stop trying to convince him of what you need him to say and just shh and say, Lord, here am I. What is it that you would like me to know? And just listen. Practice our listening skills. Samuel, for years, 
after this, knew how to listen and commune with God, to worship, to have this prayer, to have this relationship, this give and take back and forth. It's a beautiful relationship, but you and I have to have one. That's the first thing. Now, how many of you husbands in here know your wife's voice? You know if it's, honey, honey, or honey. You know all three of those, and you know the tone of each three honeys, right? You know, I love you. That means I need to hear an I love you back. Okay, see you later. I love you. Or, you know, I love you. Oh, okay. She wants me to love her back. Like, she wants to squeeze. She wants me to hold her hand. She wants me to put her arm around her. And then, you know, um, you know what? I love you. Because you're mad, but you're reminding yourself, I love you. You're mine forever, and we're going to stick this out. <laughs> Randy and I got into a little tiff the other night. I don't remember even what it was about. I, literally, that's how small it was. But I was just set on fire. And before bed, I said, listen, I'm not allowed to go to bed with any anger on me, but I want to remind you something. He said, what? I said, ain't nobody to have you, ain't nobody to have me, so we're together forever. You know that? And we got to make this work. He said, I know. It's been 30 years. <laughs> okay. Got married five days after I was 18. Just let me say, that was crazy. But anyways, here's what I want to remind you of. Even though we know the God's voice, God is not in a genie bottle. God is not something that you pull out when you want to know something. <sighs> Do I marry her? Uh, well, let me see what God says. <laughs> Should I buy the house or not? That's not the way God works. He's not on a demand system in a bottle that you get to put him in and pull him out anytime you want. <clears throat> the relationship with God and the Holy Spirit speaking is this beautiful rhythmic life it's like a waltz it's this beautiful dance it turns it moves and he's leading and guiding you and any woman who's ever taken a dance class or guy you know that the male leads with his hand in the small of your back and he'll simply tap you if we're going to the left he'll tap you he'll lean on his hand in which way you're going and it takes trust for a woman to trust and walk into that dance and to trust him where he's going. And then sometimes God will just shake it up and you'll go into the tango. And you're like, I thought we were waltzing. Just follow along. Trust me, he knows where he's leading you. He knows where he's guiding you. And it's okay that you step on his toes. He's got big feet. He's got broad shoulders. And sometimes in life, we're, our feet aren't even on the floor. We're just dancing on his, and we got to just fall in and trust him. That's how we listen to the voice of God. It's beautiful. Kylan often has talked to me in past years. I mean, we've, we've worked together for years, but we've talked about our relationships, and he's like, Nicole, it's a rhythm. And that's why I use the word, because if you've been in this church, I'm sure he spoke to you about the rhythm of God. And what it is, is it's this relationship. And we all have one, whether it's 5 o'clock in the morning or 7 o'clock in the afternoon or in the evening or 10 o'clock before you go to bed. Or maybe it's on your way to work through an audio, because that's all you have time for. It's okay. That's your rhythm. This rhythm of listening to his voice over and over through the word and then knowing who he is. 
If I called most of you in the church right now on a cell phone, you wouldn't know my voice because we don't spend time together. But if Pastor Kylan called you, you, hey, Pastor Kylan, because you know his voice because every Sunday, every Wednesday, he's in relationship with you, right? Some of us need a relationship like we have with our pastor, with Jesus. Because the bigger the relationship, the more assured you're going to know you're hearing his voice. Some of us don't hear God's voice because we're out of range. Someone down at the stop sign could not hear me call their name because we're out of range. James 4.8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. This is not talking about the sinner. This is Christians who have gone astray and gone back into sin that needed to wash their hands like in the old days, the sacrifice. In other words, repent, wash yourselves clean of who you were, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Come back to the place where you were hearing God. Come back to the place where you can put yourself in position that you can hear him. Come from the stop sign to the church parking lot where the windows open and God can cry. Hello, hello, I'm over here, I'm here, I'm here, I hear you, I hear you. How many of you have played uh, uh, that summer pool game? Marco, Polo, Marco, some of us are like that with Jesus. Some of us can't see. We can't see where we're at. We, we, it's weird. We're feeling around, and, you know, water slows you down. You don't have the speed that you have outside of it. And you're, you're, that's life, right? And you're like, Mark, Jesus, Christ, Jesus. And he's calling back. He's calling back. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And, 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 the, and the further you're going, he's coming to you. He's coming. Just hang on. His voice is getting stronger. It's getting closer. Your redeem redemption is coming. It's okay. He's going to rescue. He's going to save the situation. Because that's who he is. That's who he is. Ephesians 4.17 says that we got to put off our sinful action. Because that sinful action separates us. Puts us down at that stop sign. And we've got to look at our lives. We've got to examine where we are so that we can clearly hear his voice. Sometimes life gets so noisy. I get it. I get it. Right now, my 17-year-old's at a baseball game. My phone is going off in the back of my pocket because every single run, every single base, they're putting on my phone and I feel it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not thinking about that baseball game that they've worked Friday for, Saturday for, and now they're in tournaments all day today as if you can't tell the sun all over my face, and I got these suntan lines on my feet from sitting for hours. It's all fighting for my attention. It's all fighting for where my mind is and what's happening. But God's saying, just look at me. Focus where we're at. Stay away from sinful things. I'm talking about sexual sin, unforgiveness. Gosh, that's a, that's a clincher on Christians that have been Christians for years. See, we don't deal with the sexual sin anymore. We don't deal with addiction necessarily. Oh, but there's that little seed of unforgiveness. Well, I'll tell you what, that little sucker, he didn't do me good. And every time I hear his name, 
It's just that angst inside you, right? Or you went to buy a truck and then you found out the guy that sold you the truck who knew a friend of your Christian friend in the church, he did you wrong. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. That will fester inside of you. And remember, if we don't forgive others, how can we be forgiven? We got to separate ourselves from that. Anything that replaces God in our life, addictions of this world. I'm not just talking meth. I'm not talking just alcohol. I'm not talking legalized marijuana. Please hear me if that's you. I'm sorry. I'm speaking to that right now. I understand there are health conditions that need it, but I don't need every 7 18 year old boy thinking legalized pot is the way to go. That's not what we do. That's not what we do, amen? That alters our senses, it alters our mind, and it makes room that you're not thinking clearly and the wisdom of the Lord cannot come through and make sound decisions. I promise you it will land you in a pit that you cannot dig out of fast enough. But I talk about addictions of this world. Do we just come home and binge in comfort? Netflix, Hulu, whatever, there's a thousand of them right now. Do we just come and binge because life is so heavy at work? Life is so overwhelming with everything else. We just need a get out. Your get out's Jesus. Your get out is the word. Your get out is to restore and to replenish yourself. Don't depend on the things of the world because I promise you, it will leave you hungry for more. Jesus separated himself. Every single time we can read about it in the scriptures, it said he was drawn away for moments from the disciples. Why? Because he went to talk. He went to fellowship. He went to communicate with the Lord and get direction. Are we making time to separate? Or are we just really, mm, you know, I'm out of range, but I, I think I can see is he's telling me to go this way. I, I think, hey, Janice, can you see? Is he pointing this way? Or is he pointing this way? Which way? You're out of range. If you can't see or hear which way he's telling you to go, you're out of range. If you've got to ask your Christian sister what to do, you're out of range. Now, I'm not saying that your Christian sister can't help you. But anytime you replace someone or something with God's position in your life, then we're out of line. Now we've made an idol and we're not worshiping God. Amen? Let me ask you this. Do you ever want to talk to someone who, well, I have a 23-year-old, a 20-year-old, and a 17-year-old. Do you ever want to, not that this would be my three children. You ever talk to someone who knows it all? Do you enjoy talking to them? They come at you, hey, blah, 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 and you're like, oh, okay. And they say, what would you do about it? And as soon as you open your mouth to start telling them what you think they should do, well, I just thought I would do, and I'm like, oh, never mind. You don't want to hear anything I got to say. Go ahead. See where that lands you, Mr. 20-year-old wisdom full of goodness. Go ahead. Let's see where that takes you right now. I'll be waiting back here. You got to just sometimes you just got to let them do what they want to do because the bottom line is is they say they want your help. They say you they want to know what you think, but really they don't want to communicate with you at all. They want to convince you of what they think is right and what they're going to do and they want you to sign off on it. You know, I'm not doing that. 
So this is why I say to him, did God tell you that? What, what do you mean? It's just a good choice, Mom. I said, did you ask God about that? Sometimes we don't ask God before we're moving. See, remember in the beginning I said that we humble ourselves underneath the mighty hand of God. Humble. That literally means that you place yourself under the hand of God like a pawn in a chess game. Now, don't go telling everybody I said you're a pawn in God's big game. Because I didn't. And that's not what I believe in Christianity. I don't think he's up there just moving us around, going, ha, 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 and playing knights in shining armors up there. That's not what he's doing. So don't go say I said that. What I'm saying is it's like. So what we do is we submit our hand under him. But here's what we do. We duck and run. Oh, oh I know this move. He's like, <clears throat> I think he just lifts it. He just waits. Right where he was, his hand's still hovering. This is where I was, and now you're all the way over here, and now you're in checkmate territory, and you beg him for help. Help! Jesus! Jesus! Christ! Jesus! It, yeah, because the devil's on your tail, and you're about to be checkmated, right? And, but guess what God does? I'm coming. Comes and gets you. But he don't let you proceed from that point. He takes you right back to where you were, and you get a chance to do it again and do it his way. Is that not what we do with our children's mom and dads? Yeah? Yeah, we don't let them just go ahead and go to the end of the line. I remember Lincoln when he was younger. It's that middle child, man, I'm telling you. I hope he's not live streaming today. But those middle children, I remember him bringing me a bag of... Um, goldfish or cheese it's something in one of those little packages and he brought it to me like this and and I was going to open it well then he decided at the last minute he didn't want me to open it he was going to open it I said okay but I can open it for you nope <clears throat> and everywhere they went everywhere I knew it was going to happen and this kid is anal very anal so he wants his snack bag he don't want the corner ripped he wants it open, all the edges, so his, he can walk around with it perfected, okay? Like Randy would call home, why is he not eating his grilled cheese? I'm like, well, did you cut the edge off and then cut it in fours? Because if you, oh my gosh, this child. Yeah, as soon as he cut the edges off, as soon as he cut it in fours, Lincoln ate it. It was a perfect four. I don't know why he's like that. It is. Well, the goldfish were everywhere. And I said, well, we can't eat those. And it was the last so he didn't get what he wanted. He's mad. But he wouldn't let me help him. And I had to let him learn on his own. You didn't get what you wanted. Your belly isn't full. But he learned a lesson. The next time, he brought me the bag. And he opened it. I opened it ever so gently, and I gave it to him, and I could just see the smile on his face. But when he was old enough, I then said, why don't you try it? But try it easy, real easy. And then I'd start it. And then let him stick his, because I saw he wanted to be independent. He wanted Independence Day like nothing ever. But he didn't possess what it took to be independent yet. And I knew that. And I wanted the best for him. God's doing that to you and I. God doesn't want to talk to know-it-alls. He don't want to talk to people that disobey what he says. If you disobey and you keep finding yourself in that position, like Jonah, by the way, we don't have time for it, but... Jonah's a good read this week. It's a real good read. It's literally four chapters. 
you can do it. It's the book of Jonah. And then you can say, I read a book of the Bible. By the way, there's another one that's only two pages long. That's a good one, too. Then you could say you had two books read. Yeah. Pull that on Pastor Conlon. Hey, Pastor Conlon, I read a book of the Bible this week. He'll be like, he's smart. What book? <laughs> Anyways, what I'm saying, it's a great book, but it's all about disobedience. It's all about pride. It's all about moving out from underneath the hand of God and going and doing what you want. And somehow, God redeems it. Now, no offense, nobody wants to be swallowed by a big fish. That was Jonah's story. But we can always come back to where we were. God's waiting for us to just humble ourselves. Thank God that he loves us. Thank God that he has mercy and grace, even when we're rebellious and prideful. Amen? Today I ask you, search your heart. Search your heart, because if... If we are constantly fighting who God is and saying that we know better, we know better, isn't that a problem? Jonah had a really good story. But sometimes what God asked Jonah to do was uncomfortable. Sometimes you and I are not always going to be asked to be comfortable. Jonah thought he knew better than what God wanted, and he wasn't going to go into a city and tell the city that they were wrong and they needed to repent. Now, he was a prophet. Most of us in this room today don't need to go into the city of Lena and tell everyone to repent and, and, and get on their knees, or God's going to come and destroy the city. Okay, that's not where we are today. It's different. However, however, how many times has God asked us to take a risk? To step out into the unknown, where we don't have the answers. All we have is A. We know there's a Z, but he's not telling us Z. He's only giving us A. And until we do A, just what Samara was talking about in the offering, until you are faithful with little, until you do that little part first, I'm not giving you more. We are God's children, and that's what he's doing to you and I. So he's talking. Will you do? Will you follow? Sometimes it's, would you just give five extra dollars this week? And you know that's tapping into your coffee money. And you're like, no, 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 I'm going to have that latte because that makes every day happy. Well, you might need to be a little unhappy that day and give your latte money. Because until you do what he's asked, you're not going forward. You don't get a pass go. You do not get to collect $200. You're going right back to where you are, which is what God did with Jonah. He spits him back up on dry land and says, now go to Nineveh. And Jonah's like, oh, geez, fine, fine. I'll just go. And he finally gives in to what the Lord's asking. Are some of us halting our Christian growth because we're not listening or we're not hearing it the way we want, we're not feeling it the way we want, or maybe God just isn't telling us to fix it the way we want. Sometimes the way God wants us to fix it is very uncomfortable. And let me ask you this. This is why I ask myself. I don't even have this wrote in my notes, but God brought it up. How many times does it take us to do something God asks? See, I was the kid that when my mom asked me to do the dishes, I took a while. 
took a long while. Now in reward, my kids are taking a long time to do what I ask them to do. Are we like that with God? When he asks us to do something, do we get sidetracked? Do we avoid him? Do we just not want to do it? How many times when God needs something done now, can he depend on you to obey quickly, to hear and do? Or does he got to have five people lined up just in case? I want God to speak once, and I want to respond. I want to trust him so much that I feel his hand on my back that I go, oh, we're dancing. Let's go. Okay, I'm there. I'm with you, Lord. Where are we going? Oh, well, today we're going to do the foxtrot. Now, I don't know the foxtrot. I do know the waltz. I don't know the foxtrot. Here's what I'm saying. We have to check inside our hearts and what's happening. It's so important that when we think we've heard the voice of God, that we step out into the unknown. Listening to his voice is all you and I have. It's vital. I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. The pastor came up and he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here and I fly a small airplane and I can take you in my little airplane and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound, I said, gee, thank you so very, very much. But I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you got to do it. you got to do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane, and I looked at it. And I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it. We got in. He's on the left front, I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up, and it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're going to. And I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently, and we start climbing. And it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing and we flew probably three, four minutes. And something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me and he said, we're going in the clouds and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? <laughs> now, it's been cloudy all day. <laughs> and we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything. And he looks at me, and his eyes roll back in his head. And he starts mumbling, and he passes out. Passed out cold. Now, I grabbed him, and I shook him, and I said, come on, you've got to wake up so I can kill you. Now, we're in the clouds, <laughs> flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that, yes. He said, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there, and I handed him the microphone, and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up and he said, hello, hello, 
We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. And somebody answered back, hello, hello. Don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, give it to me. I said, Tell, we don't know nothing. Tell them we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell them that's correct. Now you can understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm gonna do is start circling so I don't lose you because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm gonna get Anchorage Emergency for you. And Anchorage Emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on and said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. He said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we gotta do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you got to promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not going to obey my voice, you're going to die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're going to crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said... I have to follow your voice? Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand? Without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage. And there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm, just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die. But I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots, those nighttime freighters, those 747s started talking to us. They said, we're praying for you, men. You're going to make it, but listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. You realize your head is full of voices and everybody in this world wants to talk to you and everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and he said, now, I'm going to line you up. He said, I'm going to bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop. And the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me.
but they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room in about four in the morning, knock at my door. I opened the door and a man was standing there. He said, hello, David. I said, you're the voice. You're the one who got me home. He said, I am. Do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say, you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. If you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice, your head's full of voices. And then we wonder why kids crash and burn. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me. And I'll take you through. Tonight you have a God who has promised to take you through. A living sacrifice, holy. Hallelujah. I thought that video was very fitting for the message today. And I know that we're all at different places in our journey with God, each and every one of us. And some of us are in the heart of the storm. Some of us are in that place where we can't see. Others of us have listened and we have crashed and burned and we're like, but we're still alive. And we're not doing that again. We're going to keep listening because we know that he sees us. And then there's others that we've got out of range. We've got out of range, and we haven't heard his voice for a really long time, we think. Because we're not aware of where he is anymore. We're not aware. We've come so far that he's calling us, and we can't hear it. And yet we're still flying solo. I want to remind you today that God is present, and he hears and he sees where we are, each and every one of us. I don't know how this works in your church. At our church, I just ask people to just stand up where you are. If you want to hear God's voice more and you're like, Nicole, I, I feel like I'm not seeing it. I'm not feeling it. I don't know what's happening. But I, I, was, I was so close before and now it's just like he's silent. He's not silent. I promise you. He's just maybe switched the way he's talking to you to grow you, to get you to seek, to get you to draw near to him again because the things around you keep separating you and pulling you away. If that's you today and you feel like you got a pilot that just fell asleep in the clouds, passed out, cold, and you're like, God, I just need your voice. And I promise I'm going to obey it. I've not been a real faithful obeyer before, but today I'm making a choice that when I hear I will obey. I will respond quickly. I'm not going to wait any longer. I'm not going to take my time. I'm not going to think it. I'm not going to overthink it. But I'm going to say yes to what you asked me to do. If that's you, then I just ask you to stand up where you are. Samara, if you play for a little bit. 
I'm just going to ask you to stand up in your seat where you are. It's not saying that, I'm not asking you to admit you're a sinner. I'm not asking you, although if you are a sinner here today and you want Jesus, I'm here, I'll pray the prayer of salvation with you, and then you can make this your home church. I don't think I see any visitors here today. If that's you and you're saying, I've not listened to the voice like I should, but I want more of you, or maybe he's been asking you to do something, and you've been avoiding, you've been waiting, because you're like, no, I really need to know that's you, God. You're, you're asking me to step out on foreign waters, and I don't want to sink. I'm afraid. That's all right. Time and time again, he'll give you as many chances as it takes. I call God, he's the ski boat God. When my grandfather taught me to ski, I'd fall off a hundred times. He's like, it's okay, I'll come back around. And I'd start swimming for the rope. He said, stop. You're wasting your energy. I'm going to bring the ski rope right up to your hands. Just lay back and wait on me to get there. God's ski boat never runs out of gas. Never. He knows right where you fell off. He knows right where he's got to get that ski boat rope right back to you to get up. And because he doesn't know time, when he drives the boat, he can make up all that time that we lost, that you and I think is unredeemable. God's like, nope, I got supernatural speed. I don't go by this speedometer. I go by God's speedometer. He redeems what you and I break. That's who he is. Thank you. Thank you for being honest with yourselves. Thank you. God sees you where you are. Come on. Yes. Yes. What better than a body of Christ willing to listen to the guide? Listen to the voice. You think where the church is headed in the future? Without his voice, we have nothing. We have the world's voice. We have the government's voice. We have our family's voice. I don't want to be like where my family's landed their lives. Half of them's a wreck. It's the truth. Only God's voice will get us to the end. I'm waiting to hear the final voice. Good and faithful servant. Well done. Enter in. But for him to know to do right. For him who hears the voice of the Lord and yet runs and hides and places himself where, no, 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 that wasn't God. He, I'm avoiding it. I'm avoiding it because I'm afraid. To he who knows to do right and does wrong. That's a sin. Thank you, church. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, everyone under the sound of my voice, God, you see our hearts. Father, you see where we are today with you. And God, I know that you see us. I know you see our struggle. I know you see our lives. God, turn up the volume. Turn up the volume so we can hear clearly. Take all the frequency problems out, all the, 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 this is involved in our life and this is involved in our life. Take it all out, God, that we could hear you clearly on what you would have us to do. Father, from the littlest thing to giving up our coffee money, 
to possibly buying somebody else a coffee. God, we want to hear your voice in a greater way. Father, for we know you are speaking. Open up our spiritual eyes, our spiritual ears, our spiritual touch, taste, and smell. God, that we could smell the rose of Sharon. God, that we could touch the hem of your garment. God, that we would know you as healer, that we would hear your voice, God, watch you and see you provide for your sheep. God, some of us might be out of range, but God, today we choose. Today. We choose it to be different. Holy Spirit, let us be sensitive. We're coming back. We're coming back in range and looking for you to speak. Some of us here today, I see it. Someone has been seeking the voice of the Lord. Someone's been asking about something specific in your life. You're going to get that answer this week. You're going to get that answer this week in your prayer and your study, and you're going to know which direction you should go. You're not going to question anymore. You're going to know with precise clarity what you're supposed to do. One time I was asking God something and I saw a calendar in my mind and I saw a date circled and I saw the time. And I called Ashley and I said, Ashley, make me an appointment with this guy on this date at this time. God says he's prepared his heart to hear the meeting that we need to have. And God did. I sat down in the meeting and this man said, you know what? I just feel the Lord moving me and I'm supposed to do this in the church. And I had already known it. But God led me in something I was so fearful of. I didn't want to confront. I didn't want to have to deal with God immediately dealt with it for me that's what this situation is I don't know what it is but it's been weighing on you and God says he's going to take care of it there's a marriage when I was watching the video down here there's a marriage that's going to begin to get direction between you and your spouse one of you is going to hear something be quick to obey for the answer to fixing your marriage is in your obedience I don't know which marriage you are but God loves you and maybe you're watching live stream and that's you claim it say that's me that's my marriage hallelujah father we thank you for your work today we thank you for the love of God in this church father we thank you that you are moving in this city you're moving in their homes you're moving in their marriages you're moving in their jobs God you're moving in their retirement God I see you moving on their lives their health your health. Father, thank you for your rescuing power that come to save and redeem us. Bring someone in our path this week, God, that we could share the gospel with, the commission. God, for we want to share and testify of the goodness of our God, for we will be your witnesses. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And you will see you back here on Wednesday night for a new service. And if you guys need prayer or anything individually, please, I'll be up here at the front and I'll be waiting. Have a good Sunday and a good 4th of July tomorrow. Yay!